our new Mrs. America is Mrs. Michigan, Jackie Blankenship. Hello and welcome to the Sash Sister Podcast. I'm Jackie Blankenship, your Mrs. America 2022. And today we have a special guest on. So if you tuned in yesterday, I did what I'll call a mini episode, a little bit of a short. I was in line to pick up my daughter from cheerleading and I decided to hop on and just talk to you guys a little bit about the pageant experience and the high emotions we feel because I thought it kind of led back to today's episode. So in yesterday's, if you missed it, I'll give you a quick recap. I talked about how Mrs. West Virginia and Mrs. Michigan happened two weekends ago. Now, a lot of women, you know, work really hard. They sign up, they work their butts off, and then they don't win. And they don't get one of those two titles waiting at the finish line. And how emotionally draining it can be. But it can be worth it when you dust yourself off. Give yourself that right. Let yourself cry. It's okay. Dust yourself off and then go back. And I say that from experience. I was first runner-up in 2015. And I went back. I was first runner up again in 2021. And then due to one of my best friends undergoing a terrible health scare, health scare I actually ended up claiming the Mrs. Michigan title. And if I had not kind of dusted myself off and told myself it's okay, you're gonna do this and you're gonna go to Mrs. America, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in. Now today's guest is Ashley. Mrs. Oklahoma. Now, Ashley was not only my first runner-up, but she has a very unique story of how she made it to the Mrs. America stage. So I'm very excited to introduce you to her. Let's get going. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Sash Sister Podcast. I'm so excited to have Ashley Lewis with us, Mrs. Oklahoma. What's up, Ashley? Hi, how are you? I am good, and I'm so excited to talk to you because I did not know what a wild experience Mrs. America was for you until kind of recently. Honestly, starting in 2020, it was just like a crazy whirlwind. So I'll start from there if that's okay. And then just kind of go through the whole, whole shebang. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So originally, yeah, like you said, you competed originally in 2020, which would have been for that March nationals. Yeah. What happened there? That's exactly right. So, um, backing up a little bit, my platform is infertility, miscarriage, and perinatal mental health. And after I had my daughter in 2018, um, I struggled with perinatal mental health, anxiety, depression. And in 2020, I made a promise to myself that I was going to do something for me because as a mom, we lose ourselves and our kids and our families. And I think a lot of times we forget to do things for ourselves and that we're still you know, I'm still Ashley Lewis at the end of the day. Um, And so it was really important for me to try to find an avenue where I could share my story. And I just felt called to do the Mrs. Oklahoma pageant. So I went ahead and I signed up for it and had no idea what I was doing. I did a little bit of I was going to say, have you ever done a pageant? So in high school, I did our little local Miss Bixby scholarship pageant, which ironically enough, I now am the director, the co-director of. Um, So I have like some pageant experience, but it's very much a entry level pageant. It's for girls that typically wouldn't normally do something like this. They step out of their comfort zone. They get great life skills and interview skills. So it's definitely, you know, an entry level pageant. But with that being said, it still gave me an idea of what pageantry was like. And I grew up a huge tomboy. 
worked with the boys. So pageantry was not ever anything I did as a young child. And when I did it in high school, I think I shocked a lot of people. But I, again, I'm always been the type that's like, I want to get out of my comfort zone. I want to push myself and challenge myself. So Try back to like new. 20. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so back to 2020, I also had applied for a game show and ended up getting casted for it. Yes. I was what on game show. <laughs> I was on ABC's Holy Moly. It's hosted by <laughs> Stephen Curry. <laughs> That's awesome. And ironically enough, I ended up being a finalist. I won my episode. Um, I was on season two, so if anybody wants to go back and watch it and watch me make a fool of myself, please do. It's a mix between Wipeout and Miniature Golf, and was I've golfed my whole life. It was an absolute blast. It was the craziest thing I've ever done. I have a whole new respect for wood and actors and actresses because the hours that they put into such small amounts of time is insanity. But um, I, I went home. I was very sore because your body gets beat up in the process. Like I said, you do wipe out type obstacles while playing miniature golf. So, Um, you'll you'll have to go watch it it was funny but that was kind of the start of like doing something for Ashley and then Mrs. Oklahoma happened and never in a million years thought I would win I just was doing it because I needed to have a moment for myself and to share my story and I ended up winning and it was such a cool moment because I've which we'll talk about this in a minute too but I've always been the first runner-up yeah first runner-up two different times in high school. And, you know, at at that point I was just like, you know, this is just my spot and I'm okay with that. You know, like you said on your uh, most recent podcast, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset because you've worked so hard for something and you've pushed and pushed and pushed and, you know, you didn't quite make it. I almost think sometimes right. being first runner up is harder than any other position in the pageant because you're one hundred percent. And I feel like pageantry does a unfair just for the first runner up because they don't give them the spotlight they deserve to walk forward and get that recognition as far as they came. Well, and I can see that too. I can see that too. But I do think like my mentality on first runner up has changed so much from when I was a miss to a missus because it's just a totally different atmosphere we're all there for the same reason we're rooting each other on we we all have a common ground we're either moms or wives own businesses and we all know that at the end of the day we're going to go home and we're still going to be mom wife we still have that life back home that nothing changes Right. Yeah, exactly. You go home and, and you're so, right back to where you were. Exactly. But I think when you concede at the miss level, you put everything into that because that is your life. You make that your life for the most part when you compete on a high level that when you come back home, it's almost like, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? Like, what do I do? Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Um, so, anyways, competed at Mrs. Oklahoma, won – well, a week after I got home from Mrs. Oklahoma, I found out I was pregnant. And, oh, my God. Um, yes. And, again, we struggled with infertility the first time around. So we were just told it was probably never going to ever naturally happen, that it was going to be something that we would have to, you know, 
basically do medicated cycles or some sort of fertility. Or IVF or something. Yes, IUI, IVF, something. And so shocked. I remember I called my director bawling because I thought I was going to get my crown taken away from me because oh. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I can't go to Miss and- America and compete pregnant. Like, and you just had finally won and broke that first runner-up barrier. You probably just felt devastated. Because, again, you spend so much time and effort into something, and then you feel like, oh, gosh. And I also yeah. felt so guilty because I – it's kind of like someone proposing to you and then you breaking off your proposal. Like, they've stolen that, that first from you. You know what I mean? Yes. I felt bad because my first runner-up – felt like I, I don't know, I just felt guilty. I felt like I had stolen that joy from her, that moment from her. That moment for her. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, it just made me so sad because, I, of course, like, if I would have known that the pageant, the national pageant was going to work out the way it was, I would have never competed at Mrs. Right. Oklahoma knowing all of that. Um, so come January I was going to be 30 weeks pregnant, and then they changed the pageant again to March. And at that point, that was my due date, and I in knew January, I needed to. Backing up, in January, were you planning on just saying, screw it, and going 30 weeks pregnant and just going to give it your yes. all? Oh, yeah. That was oh, my whole goal. Yes. I was like, you know what? I'm going to rock a one-piece pregnant belly, and we're just going to – I mean, I had a gown. I had a gown for my belly, everything. I was totally prepared. And wow. then they changed, yeah, and then they changed the date again, and I called my director. I was, obviously, I was heartbroken because, again, you start prepping for a national level, and that's a whole different ball game. It is. It is. The prep that goes into that is, like, ridiculous. People don't all understand necessarily what goes into that. Well, and then all the appearances that you do leading up to that point, too, it's like, oh, yeah. gosh, now I feel silly. I've done all these appearances, and I've said in the appearances or on you know news outlets how I'm going to be competing and now I'm not going to so anyways I ended up giving up my crown to my first runner-up um who I just adore she's incredible she ended up going and placing in the top 15 in March at the Mrs. America pageant and I'm so incredibly proud of her because she had definitely (laughs) not very much time to prepare and she could it Right. So then I get a call wow. from the, yes, and, and, and so, that was Erin Engelke, correct? Yes, Erin Engelke. If yes, you ever follow Erin Engelke, she also went to Mrs. World, and I got to the pleasure of getting to know her there. She was representing Finland, which she has ancestry from, and she is a wonderful woman. She was really cool. She's so powerful. I mean, she does some incredible things for Calm Waters in Oklahoma City, and I just so admire her, and she's such a great mom, too, and I admire that and look up to her in that aspect as well, and I'm just so proud of her and everything she accomplished. Um, So, uh, anyways, my executive director called me and said, hey, we would like you to come back as Mrs. Oklahoma. Well, it didn't dawn on me at that moment that she just was, I thought, you know, come back and recompete, and of course I was planning on doing that. But she actually offered to recrown me as Mrs. Oklahoma oh. 2021. And she just said, you know what? This isn't your fault. COVID has totally messed everything up, and you deserve your chance. And I – Right, because you were going to go pregnant and all. You weren't trying to drop. Not at all. And 
honestly, I took a couple of days to think about it because part of me felt this like selfishness a little bit and that I was had my moment and I was kind of taking that away from someone else. But at the end of the day, I decided that, you know, we were, this is such an unconventional year that it's okay to have an unconventional way of going to Mrs. America. And 100%. So, so that's what I, I chose to do. And I'm so glad I did. And I, you know, had my son in April of 2021 and competed seven months postpartum at Mrs. America and um, had him by my side the whole time. He, he was in my belly at Mrs. Oklahoma and didn't know. And then he was by my side at Mrs. America the whole time as well, because I continued to nurse um, the whole time I was there. Now that, that is, that whole story getting to Mrs. America is incredible. And I can feel it because when you and I both made top three and we didn't know that, you know, we hadn't done on stage question, second on stage question yet. And we were like backstage, like freaking out. And yeah. you had said, you know, it's funny. I actually wasn't supposed to be here today. And I know, you know, we had talked about how I wasn't really either. Yes. I was first runner up at Michigan. And then my good friend, Katie, who's just like wonderful. If you ever get to meet her someday, I she's really wonderful. She ended up, getting these horrible cysts like tumors on her spine and she's finally oh. gotten the insurance to get it removed but it caused that she couldn't sit or stand for long periods of time let alone walk in heels so she really had no option but to give up the title and I have the same feelings like you felt where I felt really like a I felt like a fraud like I didn't win I don't you know every woman won their state and I'm here I didn't win and I felt like you said guilty a little bit like this was her moment and I'm taking her moment and now I'm here. And there comes a point when you just kind of have to, you have to be a little selfish to move forward. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you also have to remember to remember too that, well, at least for me, I'm such a believer in everything happens for a reason. And I think that I was meant to not go and, 2021 year because I went through that whole postpartum experience again and it totally changed my trajectory and my platform in a sense where not now it wasn't that I had gone through it and I was mentoring women I had gone through it I mentored women and I was going through it again getting mentored by the women that I mentored previously wow so I feel like it was a full circle Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that really went into Mrs. America nervous because I felt like I wasn't worthy of going in like my platform and all these other women have these incredible platforms. And I really wasn't doing a whole lot with mine because I was traveling that again, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I didn't feel like I had the energy to pour into when I myself was still going through it but you were your story is so empowering and uplifting like the idea that not only did you prep and you got yourself in the best shape I mean I don't know necessarily what shape you were before but my god you look fantastic and healthy and strong and then you you. not only that the week of Mrs. America which we can talk about here for a second is grueling and you were nursing a baby the entire time yeah, it was it was a crazy experience. You know, for those that don't know, when you go to Mrs. America, you room with, you know, another state queen. And my state queen was 
incredible. I was with Mrs. Kansas and she, her name's Trinity De Janeiro. She was the sweetest thing ever. I think God knew that I needed her in my life to be understanding and, you know, understanding of my situation. Cause I was, I was yeah. really, really nervous going there. My son wasn't taking a bottle. I knew that I was probably going to have to get my own room and nurse him in the middle of the night and all that kind of stuff. So that's exactly what we did. And she, again, was so, so sweet about it all. And I would go down to her room after he would go to bed and we'd get to know each other and stuff like that. But other than so that, I got stayed. those moments of girl time, but really you were ha- having to stay with the baby and your mom. Exactly. And all my free time that we did have, which isn't very much, was spent pretty much with him and my mom because I was, you know, having to nurse him or put him to bed and nurse him to sleep or in the middle of the night, wake up and nurse. And, you know, you know this because you were there, but you've got early makeup call, hair and makeup calls, 4.30 in the morning. So those wake-up calls come really fast, especially when you're oh, waking yeah. up one and two different times in the night to, you know, feed another human. <laughs> well, and, you know, to put it into perspective, I've talked about how grueling this was. This week was 10 days. And we get up for hair and makeup. I know I would get up at like five o'clock normally so I could get some coffee. And then hair and makeup, first rehearsal, lunch, event, second rehearsal, snack, go to a formal dinner, rehearsal again. And that's how the whole week goes. So for you to have breastfed that entire time in between and then also be up all night is just mind boggling. Yeah. But again, like my mom, first off, my mom's a godsend. I couldn't have done it without her. Paid. My husband held the fort down at home with my daughter. They came later in the week, but my mom, she just, I'm so confident in her abilities to, to just, she just figures it out. And we just went in with it with, you know, we're going to take it one step at a time. We'll just handle yep. it. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. And thank God he was to the point where he was starting to eat some baby food too. So, you know, in those moments where it was really a close call, like, okay, he really needs to nurse. My mom was able to kind of suffice him for just a moment with, you know, baby food. But again, it just totally worked out. And, and that right there just showed that this was my time. This was the time I was meant to go, not You were meant to March. be there. And yeah. I think, now there was a story you had told me before we were recording, and I think it shows the power of like, the, when they say like Sash sisters and the sisterhood, the friendships you make. This was real. So when you got called into the top three, you had mentioned your dad was kind of bouncing the baby and keeping him. Oh, occupied. yes. And what happened? Yes. So Mrs. Rhode Island, she had gone back into the audience to finish watching the pageant. And she saw my family was taking turns with Knox, who, again, was seven months old. And, again, in Vegas, it was, what, 930 at this point probably, Vegas time? Oh, yeah. Which is 1130 back. And it was 11.30 back home in my time zone. So poor guy, you know, he was like done. Oh, yeah. And he hadn't nursed in like four hours, which was a long time for him back then. And uh, my dad was out bouncing him around, just trying to keep him awake and from crying. And some, and Mrs. Rhode Island went out there and she said, let me have that baby. You go out there and you watch your daughter because she just made top three and I am not going to let you miss this moment. And she took Knox, and she kept him, you know, cool as a cucumber until the very, very end. And I'm just so thankful for that because 
you know, my dad traveled my whole life. So he had to miss out on, on some things in my life. And this was such a special moment for me. And I'm so grateful that she did that because he was able to see that um, all go down and transpire. And when I got off stage, he was crying and my dad is not a super person. He was like, I just can't believe, I mean, I'm so proud of you. And you know, that's always great to hear from your, from your dad. And you know, like when it's genuine and it just felt, it was just such a powerful moment hearing like you're, you get to talk on stage and knowing that your baby, your newborn son, seven month old son was there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And although he couldn't understand me or hear what I was saying or anything like that, my kids are my, my kids are my why. And that's exactly why I was up there. And they are my three-year-old at the, she was three at the time, you know, it was so important that she was there because. I started this whole journey because of her and I want her to know that you can do and be whatever you want to do and be at any point in your life, whether you're not married or you're a mom and have two kids. I had a very similar experience when I went off to Mrs. World. I was super overwhelmed and I didn't know what I was doing and I felt very like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not ready. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. And I decided well, and you I wanted had my daughter. Six weeks. Yeah. I only had six weeks. I decided right, come on. my uh, five-year-old to come and watch. And her whole kindergarten class had written me a letter, like, good luck, Mrs. America. Aww. You know, like, sent me a video during re- rehearsal week where I'm, like, in Vegas for Mrs. World. And I got this email from her teacher, and it was all the kids, good luck, Mrs. America. And it was just oh my so God. cute. Well, my daughter gets there, and she's watching, and she's getting restless, same as your kids. I mean, it's, I think it was, like, 10 p.m., in Vegas time, so it's 1 a.m. for her back home. Like, she's just exhausted. And I didn't make top 15. And when I got off stage, I was just glad to now go on being Mrs. America. But she was so upset, and I, like, got to have that moment of explaining to her, but we did this. We got to do this whole thing. Like, the fact that we did this was so exciting. Like, how cool. And it's a, and, and you're so right. It, it a is learning a learning thing. lesson. Yeah. yeah. And Channing, my daughter Channing is the same way. She's very competitive. So, yes. you know, when I came off stage after Mrs. America, she was like, but you didn't win the crown. And I said, you know what, baby? We don't always win. And that's okay. It's okay yes. to go home and learn from types of situations. And we don't always win. Because, you know, honestly, I feel like we live in a culture of everybody gets a participation trophy. Yes. And I think it's so important for our kids to learn how to lose because it teaches such a great lesson on still through that loss and not feeling My like... sister and I say that all the time about the kids. She's got three kids, two twins who are like little newborn babies and a nine-year-old. And we're always talking about how you need to learn how to lose because kids inherently want to win everything, even when you're playing games like Candyland. They want to win. They're sad they didn't win. And if you don't teach them that not only is losing okay, but it's inevitable, they're not going to understand. Right. And then they're going to struggle their whole life because, yes, in everything. You lose a lot more than you win. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. (laughs) So what's next for Mrs. Oklahoma? I know you have about, what, six weeks left till you give up your title? Yes, I will be giving up my title at the end of April. I actually have some appearances, um, you know, different appearances lined up. I have a couple even after I win, but I'll just um, do those as Mrs. Oklahoma 2021. 
But honestly, I promised my husband and my family that I was going to take a break and that I'm just going to, you know, we're such a busy family. We go, go, go all the time. We have something every single weekend. We have a family calendar my husband's like, it is always full. Like, we have got to slow down. When will we have a day at home? Yes. Yes. That's a great goal. You know, I'm hanging up my heels. I feel like I went out on a strong suit. I did everything that I wanted to do. I feel like I competed at the most elite level for misses that you can compete. And I am just so content and happy. And I'm so happy for you. Um, I think, you know, you could probably see it on my face after we, after you won, I was just so excited for you. And honestly, I felt like I had won regardless because of every, because of the journey that I went through to get there. And so I was just you proud of myself so hard and went through for being so there. much. And I agree with you because I know I, I can't speak for Ashley Beard, who was our third place, you know, Mrs. Texas, but she, I sure felt the same way when you're at Mrs. America week, once you're down to that top six, top three, you almost, I don't know about you, but I was like, I don't even care. I'm here right now. I'm top six or I'm top I know. three. Like, holy crap. I know. And really my goal was to make top 15 because at least I Same. knew kind of where I fell. You know, if you were, say, you know, say you weren't top 15, then you're thinking in your head, well, was I 16? Right. Oh, my gosh. I say that all the time. Was I 17th, 20th? <laughs> right. Exactly. So at least like by making top 15, I felt like, okay, I at least know where I fell in this whole process. Um, right, but and you know like that, you I can't, tell, that you did your best. Exactly. And I tell my girl, my high school girls this all the time, you could have one set of judges on a Saturday and have a totally different outcome than a second set of judges on a Sunday. And you could still 100%. have the same contestants. So it just, it really is all based on what that, pers- that specific judge is looking for that day. And, and that's um, why what you said in the beginning is when it's meant to be, it's meant to be because it falls together absolutely. the way it does. Absolutely. And your story with, you know, you being first runner up, I mean, that's a prime example of you are exactly where you were meant to be because God had a purpose and a reason for you to be first runner up and then become Mrs. Michigan and then Mrs. America. Like, holy cow, yeah. what a crazy ride. It just It all just happens for a reason. Well, congratulations on a fantastic reign. I can't wait to keep following you and see what you do next. I know you'll do big things. I hope you do more reality shows. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I don't know. I think I might hang up my reality show persona as well. (laughs) (laughs) Holy moly, Ashley. I know. Holy moly. Yeah, you'll have to go watch it and get a good laugh out of it. So where can everyone follow you if they want to look you up online? Sure. You can follow me on Instagram at Ashley. Let's see. First off, you can follow me at Mrs. Oklahoma Pageant on Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is Ashley underscore Lewis underscore 14. And yeah, message me if you have questions about pageantry or reality TV shows or just life in general. I love to talk to you and connect with you. So thank you so much for having me. Again, I feel so honored that I was your first guest and that you followed through with your word off the side of the stage. So thank you. I know, the side of the stage. She said, I want to be your first guest after we did our onstage question and we answered it. And I said, I wanted to start a podcast. That's what you said. And I was like, okay. Yeah. 
So thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so honored. Of course. And I'm so excited. Cause I'm going to actually see you crown. I'm going to come out to Mrs. Texas slash Oklahoma. So I'm going to be there and I get to watch you. Yes. Yay! I'm so excited. I get to hug your neck and see you and catch up. Yes. And then all I'm I hoping to be at Mrs. It. America too to see you recrown. Oh, good. That'll be so yes. fun, and that'll be a fun week. We can we don't, without the stress of having to actually compete. It's a different ball game. So hopefully, you'll get a little bit more like relaxation at that pageant. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Ashley, for taking the time and talking. Oh, to you're me. so welcome. Thank you so much. It's so good talking to you. All right. You have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That is not the most incredible story you've ever heard. I don't know what is. Ashley is inspiring and so much fun. I mean, I'm looking up holy moly right now, the reality show she was on. I think I have to watch it myself, see it for myself. So Ashley's just one of 51 women that were at Mrs. America just the year I'm here. And that's the caliber. That's the amazing kind of person you get to meet when you're there. And I can't wait to introduce you to more women next time on the Sash Sister Podcast.